Hello, and welcome to the DerivSource podcast, Living the Trade Life Cycle. I'm Julia Schieffer, the editor of DerivSource.com. So whether you work in compliance, risk, or collateral management, we have something for you. You are listening to the first episode of our mini podcast series on professional pivots. And in this series, we're going to be exploring how financial professionals are evolving amidst market change, technological advancements, and a general shakeup in the work dynamics in a post-pandemic corporate workplace. This is the first episode of the series, and we're focusing very much on compliance professionals working in financial services. And in this episode, we are going to be exploring how the career path for compliance professionals is evolving, what opportunities are available to support your career advancement, but also the opportunities for strategic professional pivots. And to help us explore this topic, we have Joe Schifano, who is a compliance veteran and global head of regulatory affairs at Aventus. And Joe is with us and he's going to be sharing his expertise, his insight, and his own personal experiences. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course. So I run the, the regulatory affairs team at Aventus. I've been here for three years. I've had better part of 25-year career on Wall Street in multiple roles. I started on an agency desk in the equities world. So I've been in the front office as a supervisor. I went to law school at night while I was working on a trading desk and pivoted to the legal and compliance world. And I've worked at a number of the larger banks. I worked in the legal department at the New York Stock Exchange for a little while. And then I held a role of a CCO and global CCO at, at a big prop shop for six years before coming to Aventus. I live in the New York area. I have three kids and they are in college or out of college. So a very exciting time of, of life for us. And given your children are at the age that they are, you're getting used to all these different changes in terms of professional pivots. So I'm excited to talk to you about this in, in the realm of compliance. Absolutely. So I want to talk about the role specifically first. You currently work very directly with compliance professionals. Can you tell me, in your view, how you think compliance roles have really changed in the last few years? Yeah, I think there are two or three items that are worth pointing out here. One is that compliance folks are under continuous pressure to do more with less and really think hard about the human resources and the financial resources they have and the technical resources they have. And it is a constant state of discussion, particularly as seeing sort of the economic events of folks using the R word in terms of, is there going to be a recession or not? We're, we are seeing some layoffs around in various places, although truth be told, we're seeing an uptick in demand for compliance folks. But a lot of that's swirling around. So people are really being thoughtful about their resources. How could they do more with less? And how could they be more efficient? There's a constant drive toward efficiency. Almost can't have that conversation with the other trend that I'd point out is relative to technology. We're all talking about what machine learning can do, what artificial intelligence can do. When we hear the words do more with less, we immediate, immediately think about our tools and specifically our technology and how to get to newer technology. So I would say those are the two big trends for the compliance folks in the last few years. 
And Joe, you touched on technology here, which I know is key to the evolution of compliance as a department, as a function. But of course, that will trickle down into how compliance professionals operate using some of these newer technologies, in particular, like you mentioned, machine learning. So can you tell me a little bit more about how you think compliance departments and professionals can better manage a greater use of these newer technologies or just technology in general? And how does that positively impact a compliance professional's role? Yeah, great question. And I think a quick answer to that is continuous learning. When we think about the history of how technology has impacted Wall Street in general and compliance folks in general in the last 20, 25 years, when I started on the trading desk, we had manual traders, we had green bar paper and pencils to circle things and look at them. And then markets went electronic and there was more and more data and our green bar paper and our pencils just didn't cut it. So those of us that were accustomed to doing that had to now understand and work with a technology person, how to analyze more data. And we learned lots of things and we learned to talk with those folks and build what we needed. In some markets, like in US equities markets, there were a whole regulatory regimes that were born to deal with that amount of data like the OATS program, and now we have CAT, technology folks had to step in and help us. The compliance folks and the people thinking about governance really needed to understand that process to make sure that it operated, and so did regulators. The same thing is happening today with increased data, market venues and trading firms operating across more and more asset classes. Folks need to be thoughtful about how they look at all that data in an efficient way at a time when we just described, we're doing more with less. So efficiency and technology is key. And machine learning, artificial intelligence, automation, robotic process automation, these are all concepts that help folks think about how to look at data efficiently and get to their risk quicker. And one thing that I know that you've mentioned in the past is that there is a little bit of a difference in the compliance department now, based on what you just said, where They often have a dedicated professional team that is focused just on technology. So how does that kind of intersect with the professionals? Is it just that they need to become more technically savvy, as you mentioned, or is it more that the overall evolution is changing and that they need to look at it differently and potentially identify some of the risks associated with that change? Yeah, I think a little bit of both of those, and I would put it in three categories. One is, yes. The bigger the firm, the more likelihood they're going to hire technologists to manage their data and their systems. And I've done that in the past where I've had, as part of the compliance group, three, four, five technology people who are expert at data integration, data analysis, reporting, all all those kinds of things. The second is we're seeing an increased use of hiring compliance officers who have actual technical skills, and specifically things like SQL and Python capabilities, where they're able to look at data themselves, create reports. But I would argue probably the most important thing is a common understanding of what the technology is capable of by compliance officers today. So you really need to be able to translate and understand what your technology folks are doing and how they think about a problem. And this leads to thinking through what can go wrong and how to build it right the first time and making sure they understand and calculate 
when they're trying to put a system together, what the rules and regulations are and what do you have in the middle of all that to detect when something goes wrong? Sometimes technologists will build something and then we don't know how to figure out when it breaks six months from now. And all of that needs to be thought about ahead of time. So compliance folks need to be able to work holistically with their technology folks, the front office, to get these things right as they're built. And moving away a little bit from technology, CCOs, looking at them specifically, is there a particular challenge for these individuals in these roles that you would highlight right now that they need to deal with at this point in time? I think CCOs are also thinking about how their businesses are expanding and how to cover that. Businesses that are growing quickly within a jurisdiction, across jurisdictions. So they're thinking about how to cover that. They're thinking about how regulators are in some jurisdictions being incredibly aggressive about how they look for things. So there's a lot of activity there, but they're also thinking about their people. And they think a lot about that, right? Do I have the right group of people in my group right now to meet all of these challenges? Do they have the right skill sets? Do they feel that their career path and their growth is well understood? Is there a path? Are people's needs being met? I've tended to find the CCOs that I've worked with and worked for over the years think a lot about this. This compliance, let's face it, sometimes could be a very, there could be some mundane aspects to it. And we want to keep people engaged and informed. And when you have people that are engaged and informed, they do a better job of finding risk and engaging with their counterparts at a firm. So I think it becomes especially important when you think about changing technology and people worry about their jobs, hybrid situations, people, you don't see people every day. There's more pressure to think through how to incentivize and engage your team to like what they do, have longevity, but also do a good job. And you mentioned that CCOs are very focused on, you know, keeping basically their team satisfied and make sure that they do have opportunities for growth. And obviously that's what this whole podcast is about. What are those opportunities? Identifying those professional pivots. I want to ask if we can just go very briefly through the different types of professionals uh, looking at, we've touched on the CCOs, you know, looking at the more junior compliance professionals, maybe the more mid-tier, looking at these different groups and starting with juniors, what are the opportunities in your opinion for career advancement for these individuals? There are many ways to get into, uh, not only get into compliance, but to advance their careers in this space at a young age or at early I think one of the best ways to start your career in this space is to go work for a regulator to start out. The SEC, FINRA, FCA, jurisdictions around the world are constantly looking for smart, young, ambitious people to come in and learn either through the examination process, the advisory process, policy, whatever it is. It is a fantastic introduction into this part of the world. And while you may not make as much money, quite frankly, as you as you'd like at the outset, the experience is invaluable. So the first, the very first thing I would say is look to those spaces. That's one. But there are many angles. You know, compliance folks are hiring technology people. There's always room for that entry point. I would say for those folks that have had a few years of experience in a financial market somewhere, that's a great pivot as well. I've hired, for example, a combination of the two things I just said. So I think there are multiple ways for folks to start out in this space. So 
You've mentioned the more junior, new entrants, graduates, but also, you know, someone within five years of experience, how they can move in advance into compliance, which I think is fantastic. Looking at the mid-tier and drawing from your own experience, I understand that you made quite a significant professional pivot in your own career, which obviously included that financial background that you had that you've just mentioned, but pivoting and studying it to move into a new area. Can you tell us a little bit about that and if that same pivot would apply to people today? Yes, it was a, a very serious pivot from the business world into the legal and compliance world, I'm happy to talk about it. And it is absolutely relevant today. And there are a few ways to go about it. So the compliance world is well known to take on folks that come from business. And this is really critical because compliance folks really want to understand what business people are thinking about. A good example of this is early 2000s, late 2000s. There are a lot of traders who understood markets really well, were really good at what they did, but the skill sets needed to operate in the business world changed. The world was going electronic. There were a lot more technical people. There were a lot more quants, and there are fewer manual traders. So many of those folks saw an opportunity to go into compliance, and they were welcomed because businesses understood, compliance CCOs understood that this was an invaluable source of information and experience and maturity in thinking through how to build a compliance framework and understand how markets work. I took probably a a path less followed, but nonetheless a good path. I was working on a trading desk uh, in the early 2000s, and it was pretty clear that many jobs were going away or turning over. So I made a decision to go to law school at night. And I remember talking to the general counsel at the time where I was working and saying, okay, you've given me this task in the supervisory world. That's great. But so how do I make money now? (laughs) How do I make this a career? I have three little kids. So I needed to really think about the next 10 or 20 years. So I, I went and asked this question and the answer hands down was, well, go to law school, get an advanced degree. And, and that's what I did. And I had, I was working at a very supportive firm for some very supportive people. And I owe all those folks a ton for helping me through this process. But I did that. I was working on a trading desk. I went to law school at night. And at the tail end of that, I just happened to be in the middle of the financial crisis when I graduated and took the bar exam. It was a very important time for legal and compliance to have some business folks talking to regulators. So I was able to pivot at the end of 2008 to go work for a legal and compliance group in the regulatory inquiry space. It was a phenomenal pivot for me. And I I spent a number of years there doing nothing but answering regulators, handling examinations and that kind of thing, and working for a great team of lawyers. There are many avenues for folks to pivot in their career, no matter what their career is, but in compliance, certainly getting a law degree or just raising your hand and saying, hey, I'd like to pivot and look around. People have done it simply by raising their hand and saying they want to pivot. Constant learning is really important. And I mentioned that at the at the outset. And then there are all kinds of certifications out there. There are all kinds of podcasts like this one. There are various compliance organizations and legal organizations that are continuously talking about how to pivot. So be curious and find folks who've, who've done that and hear their experiences and you can absolutely do it as well. 
And on that note, we've talked a lot about the challenges already that compliance professionals face, some of the opportunities for advancements, the professional pivots, as you just explained yours, which I think is really helpful, but also the need for learning, particularly on the technology side. Just very briefly, can you tell me why you think it's such a good time to be in compliance, to be working in this field? Sure. I think it's a really exciting time to be in the compliance space for a number of reasons. Compliance is one of those areas that's just not going away. And it may seem like a mundane thing at first, but regulations are constantly changing. Technology is constantly changing. The trading desks or businesses are constantly pivoting to varied spaces. I've just recently met with someone who's in the compliance consulting space who described how excited he was whenever something new came out because it presented a new challenge. If you think about your role as having to translate between technology, people, legal, compliance, business, regulators, it is different every day. So from that perspective, from the, the diversity of things that you, you get to do and how you can pivot from one area to another within compliance, that makes it a very stable career with lots of opportunity for diversity. These days, we talk a lot about reg tech, and there are lots of new things happening in technology that impact how compliance folks do their, their work. And there might be some out there who look at that as problematic. I see that as exciting. It's an opportunity to continuously do something new. And at least for myself and my career, I've always been interested in learning the next thing and doing something new. So my, my resume goes from trading supervision to legal and compliance to CCO to legal opportunity to working for an entrepreneur. There's always a new thing to look at. And I call that the, you know, full employment act <laughs> in some ways, right? There's, there's always something interesting to do. So I, I continue to find the compliance space to be very exciting. I can relate a lot to that, Joe, because as a journalist, publisher, editor, I wear various different hats and I find that particularly interesting and exciting about my job. And so I'd imagine that people who are drawn to this variety and these constant challenges and opportunities to learn and to gain better understanding of different areas, that they would be well-suited for this t particular role. Would you agree with sure. that? Sure. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. And I think there's another phrase that we haven't used, and it's so often used in many podcasts these days, and that relates to the crypto world and digital assets. That space revolutionized in some ways over time how compliance happens at regulators, within those firms, at the state level, at the federal level, in various jurisdictions. It brings various disciplines together in some ways within the compliance space, whether it's uh, AML, trade surveillance reporting. There is lots of room for interesting things in different industries in the compliance space. And we were only talking about financial markets here. There are folks that pivot into academia. They pivot into pharmaceutical space. These skill sets apply in multiple industries. So it, it is absolutely an exciting time across the board for folks to think about compliance as a career or also as a, as a pivot point mid-career. And my final question for you, if you were to tell your younger self, you know, maybe let's just say 10 years younger, something like that. And I know you made a lot of pivots, but if you were to look at someone 10 years younger, what is the one piece of advice you would give them if they were interested in moving into compliance or they're already in a role in this department? Yeah, don't wait. Don't wait. I thought about going to law school 
throughout my 20s and didn't do it. Didn't think I could do it. I thought it was taking a several steps back. I thought a lot about what it cost and those sorts of things. And don't wait. At least investigate. Be curious. The longer you wait, the harder it is to get started. Thank you, Joe. That's excellent advice for many people at any stage of their career. Thank you for joining us in this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you. I did. I I really appreciate the opportunity. And for the listeners out there, whether you're currently working in compliance or planning to pivot into a role or into this department, we hope that you've gained some insight into some of the opportunities available and ways to enrich your career. We will share some relevant information on this topic via the podcast show notes page available where you listen to your podcast or on the Derive Source podcast page. So do check that out. And if you have any comments or questions, you can get in touch with us at any time at editor at derivesource.com. Otherwise, we hope that you will join us in the next installment of this mini podcast series. Thank you for listening and join us again soon.